0: Anyway, so we're teaching this morning from Matthew, the 20th chapter, and uh, we're picking up where we left off uh, two weeks ago. Last week, we had our uh, special guest speaker, and uh, he was a great joy. We had a lot of fun with him, and, uh, um, but now picking up where we left off, uh, Jesus, uh, we just read where James and John got their mom to go to Jesus to try and negotiate a special status in Jesus' kingdom. So he goes to Jesus, you know, can you make sure that my one son is on your left and the other one is on your right? And, you know, so these guys, mom's trying to rig it for them. So Jesus said, you guys don't know what you're asking for. That's, that's not going to work out that way. Anyway, the other disciples heard what they did with mom, and they got really mad at him. So, and the reason they got mad at him is because they wanted those primo spots. Uh, these guys did not lack self-esteem. They used to have arguments about who was the greatest. (laughs) I'm greatest. No, I'm greater than you. No, I'm better than you. So, I mean, these guys were just going at each other. And Jesus said, you guys don't get this. This is not how my kingdom works. It's not about who gets the most status and authority and power so they can lord it over everybody else. And he says in verse 26, he says, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Now, I want you to just understand what he's saying here. You talk about them serving each other. A lot of times when we talk about servanthood, people say, well, I'm a servant of God. I'm a servant of Jesus. I'm not a servant of some man, as though that's some kind of version of spirituality. It's not a version of spirituality. It's a version of arrogance is what it is. We need to learn to serve each other. The truth is is if you cannot serve people that you see, you can't really serve God that you don't see. This is a biblical principle. Uh, the Bible teaches us if you say you love God, but you can't love somebody else, you're not it says you're a liar. You can't do that. If you can't love people you can see You can't love God who you cannot see. Don't tell me you love Jesus and hate your wife. Don't tell me you love Jesus and I hate my ex-husband. Don't tell me you love Jesus and I hate that pastor from that other church I went to and stuff like that. You are delusional. You don't love Jesus any more than you love people that you can see and deal with. Now, of course, this upsets people because they have people they can't stand and they don't want to forgive people and stuff, but yet they say, I can still love Jesus. Well... In your delusional mind, you can. But I'm telling you, that's what the Bible teaches. Well, I can serve God. I don't have to listen to any pastor or anybody else or anybody else in my department in the church. Again, you don't get to make this up. You need to serve people. You need to serve one another. We need to answer to one another. And Jesus says, the greatest among you will be the greatest servant. Now, he uses the analogy of servant on purpose. A servant Particularly in this, we don't really have servants like these guys had. The closest we got to today is just employees. You know, you do stuff. <laughs> you work for some idiot. You don't want to work for, but you do what he says because he's the boss. He the man. He got the money, and we do it for the cash, right? Uh, and there, so we put up. With it. But in this day, at least today, if you don't like that, you can always quit and find another job, theoretically. But uh, in that day, you you had no choice. You were a servant. Servant was the bottom of the totem pole. You didn't get any lower than this. Jesus said, you are to be like the lowest, okay? And you need to serve each other. Not just be low to me, it was towards one another. And he goes on to say, whoever wants to be the first must be your slave. Well, that takes it even to a lower status. Now a slave, a slave has absolutely no say in what they get to do with their life just as the son of man did not come to be served he said but to serve and give his life a ransom for many this is what I'm doing I am serving you Jesus literally got down on his hands and knees and washed the feet of his disciples now that was a cultural thing of the day I know churches they have foot washing ceremonies which creeps me out (laughs) not going to happen here Jack I'm telling you but, uh, but back in the day, people, they wore sandals. And they walk around. They were all dusty. So when they come into the house, you know, you had like dirty foot. You know, just kind of like when we go ATV, <laughs> We come back, we're just covered from head to toe in mud and dirt. Hey, we had a great time, you know. First thing you got to do, you got to clean up, right? So they had people. And their job was to wash people's feet when he came in. So this was, there's a servant. And then and the servants got even people that do the creepier jobs, and the foot washer was one of the creepiest of them all. Not exactly a high PhD kind of position. So Jesus even got down and did this to his disciples and washed their feet. Actually, it creeped them out. They said, "What are you doing?" You can. He says, "You got to let me do it." He was trying to show them, "You serve people." You answer to people. You are a servant. The thing you don't know is about serve. servants are told what to do. They don't get to vote on what they do. They don't get to just do the thing that is in their heart to do. This is the analogy that Jesus gave. Now having said that, we certainly not are advocating that you just run around and do what we tell you to do. All right No one is saying that in any way, shape or form, and we would love to tie into your spiritual gifts as much as possible. But when you get to the point where people uh, get mad, when you ask them to do something else different in the church, or you move them around or something and they get mad, we, you know don't you know, ask them not to teach a Bible study anymore because we 'd rather have them do something else or whatever. And they get mad, usually that's the response. You ask someone to do something different that they love, they get mad and leave the church. This has happened for years. For years, it's happened at this church for 15 years. We've seen it, it happens at every church. You see it over and over and over and over and over again. It never ends. And I'm thinking, you know, what is the problem? And I felt the Lord was saying to me, you know, you haven't taught them servanthood because people who serve don't think in those terms. We have people in this church who are fabulous servants. They really are. And they'll do anything you ask them to do and they're not arrogant about it, they're not proud about it. This is my ministry and you can't tell me what to do and I don't listen to men, I listen to God and all this other kind of arrogance is not healthy. Uh, We got people who get it and we got a lot of people who don't get it. They usually don't last very long because eventually you'll ask them to do something else and that's when they just have a fit and they come unglued. Now they often will quote verses like, well I have to obey man rather than God. Well, yeah, there is a verse in the Bible, in the book of Acts, where they said that, but they were talking about guys who were telling them, what, I said it back, yeah, they obey God rather than men, yeah, yeah. Because someone, the authorities had told them they couldn't preach the gospel, and I said, well, sorry, guys, we have to obey God rather than man. And so, so that kind, you know, someone tells you if they pass a law in the United States of America, you can't go to church anymore, you know, sorry, stick it, you know, I mean, we're going to do it anyway. You you can't believe in Jesus, we're going to believe in Jesus anyway because we're going to serve God rather than men. That was never designed to be used in the church to say say to somebody in the youth department you don't like, you can't tell me what to do, I serve God, I don't serve you. You can't tell the pastor, I I serve God, I don't serve you. When people start talking in those kind of terms, these are people who do not understand the concept of servanthood. Say, pastor, are you speaking toward anyone in particular? I am not. We're teaching this because Jesus is teaching it. And we're going to be talking, and this is just where it happens to pop up. And we're talking about it. And he's going to be talking for several parables now. Analogies of people being told what to do. And he would say the kingdom of heaven is like this. He uses the analogy of servants. He'll use the analogy of sons being told what to do by their father. He will use the analogy of employees being told what to do by their employer. Uh, servants be told what to do by their master. And he keeps saying, the kingdom of heaven is like this. We need to learn to take instruction. Now, again, nobody is thinking in terms of some ecclesiastical power structure where we're going to go around and abuse people with power. Okay? We don't even think in those terms. And there's everybody's so hypersensitive today about being offended you can't offend anybody you can't call anybody anything the wrong word and you know if you refer to their color in the certain wrong you know they're going to get mad at you and you know and and this and, that. and This is crazy it's a whole thing we can you cannot i deserve the right never to be offended in america today and we despise authority you know and some of you are guilty of this you know i know a lot of you you know at least half of you by all measures of polls can't stand our current president. Okay, that's your opinion, but you still need to be respectful to the guy. It is what it is. We're supposed to show respect. Oh, I gotta respect him. I gotta frozen No, 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 no. You gotta respect him, even if you disagree with everything he does. Okay? And some of you couldn't stand the last president. Well, you needed to respect him, too. All right? I mean, it's just, it's just the thing. But we are in a country today where we don't have to respect anybody. You know, it used to be, you know, you had to respect teachers. Nobody respects teachers anymore. We got any teachers in the crowd, by the way? Okay, yeah. You guys, as soon as you deal with something, who do you hear from? Mom and dad. How dare you tell Johnny that he can't make a of sacrifice Siri, and some of you parents in here do this. You guys listen to me in points too. Some of you do that. If you do it, you need to give yourself a swirly. (laughs) Stick your head in a toilet and flush it until the water snaps out of your delusions. Well, they don't appreciate my Johnny. Oh, boo-hoo. Good grief. Now, they're abusing them. That's one thing. But man, he he got a C and he should have gotten a a B. No, he should have gotten an F, but he was afraid you were going to call, so he gave him a C. All right? (laughs) Be quiet, man. When I was growing up, teachers, man, they were the final say of a teacher smack you upside the head. And I promise you, when I was growing up, that's exactly what they did. Man, I, the last thing in the world I would have done is go home and tell mom. And by the way, I got smacked a few times and I earned every one of them. But I didn't go tell my mom. Good Lord, she'd hit me harder than the teacher. They do that today. We're calling attorneys. We're suing the school district and we're just going to go have a hissy fit and get on TV. I can't believe they this. I saw this thing the other day, this little... Narcissistic little snot of a kid But the cop, you guys see this one? The cop is trying to get this kid under control, and the kid bites the cop's hand. And the cop slaps him. Kind of a human response. You buy my hand, I'm gonna slap you. All right? And they're yelling, police abuse, police abuse. And they're making a federal case out of it. It's like we have lost our minds in this country. Good, great. No, tell me what to do. And by the way, he's talking about cops, man. You got in trouble with the cops when I was growing up. Oh man, you don't tell mom and dad. The cops are meeting me. I'm telling you today. We call the police. When we call the police, we call the attorneys. We're going. To, you cops can't tell us what to do. And by the way, if a cop pulls you over for speeding, zip it. Be respectful. The man has a gun. <laughs> now, I know a lot of pagans do this, but I know a lot of Christians do this. The cop will pull out. Why you stop me for? I wasn't speeding. You can't prove anything. You're stupid. I, gotta... I don't got I to stop, and they'll yell and scream and curse at the cops. Now, apparently, cops... Any, any police officers here? Any... Yeah, yeah. You got to put up with this nonsense. Thank God I'm not a cop. I will shoot you you curse cursing at me I'm sorry it went off accidentally I don't know what happened <laughs> you can yell right they can yell at you they can curse at you they can abuse they can do anything you gotta take it I think that's absurd I think if you start cursing at a cop they ought to just lock your butt up and throw you in the can come check you out in 30 days that's that's my personal opinion good <laughs> grace No, no, you can curse at the cops, you can call the teacher, just do it, give my kid a B minus, how dare you. Just, we did, everybody disrespects everybody. Well, okay, it is what it is, but I'm telling you, in the church, it's not supposed to be that way. We need to get a clue. My iPad's freaking out when I was banging. All right. All right, just relax, check your medication, for heaven's sakes. Somebody told me this and somebody didn't like it. Honestly, and then if they can't defend whatever it is that you ask them to do, and it's minor stuff. Look, we don't abuse people. Anybody, and I've had people accuse me of spiritual abuse. You're just spiritually abusing people. They don't even know what they're talking about. Man, we've been in ministries that abuse people. Good Lord. And we were in a ministry. Joe remembers this. Joe, he's the geezer of the group. We're going to call him Pastor Methuselah pretty soon. But, uh, you know, we were in a ministry together. They, They, man, you, they, the leaders and elders of that organization got into every era of your life. You couldn't go visit your parents without getting permission from them. You couldn't get married without getting permission from them. When I wanted to marry the redhead, I had to go to them and ask for permission. Thankfully, they said yes. What if they would have said no? I probably wouldn't have married her. In all honesty, I mean, because, I mean, we were taught. You respect authority. You know, for heaven's sakes, today it... now that was abuse. Those people were psycho, crazy nut jobs. They were. Because the pastor asked you to stand over here and stand over there, it's hardly abuse. <laughs> Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I'm seeing you people look at me. We'd ask you to do something. Truthfully, if we came to some of you, because you all sit in the same spot every Sunday, because truly that's God's will for you <laughs> and asked you to sit over there and sit over here some of you would have a fit you would come unglued. you would say, a stupid pastor he's just spiritual abuse and everything else and I'm leaving this church really but that's where we're at right but I'm telling you, that's not, if we're going to teach what Jesus taught, we've got to get this in our heads. We need to have the attitude of a servant. I am here to serve. And by the way, some people say, well, it's not what he said, it's the way he said it. I don't, and I get emails from different people from different campus pastors, you know. They, by the way, all you people on your campuses, when you email me complaining about your pastor, I show them the email. But anyway, just so you know, uh, you can still email me and I'll talk to them about it. And if they're out of line, I'll talk to them about being out of line. But you know, I get you know he he did this and he did, he shouldn't have done that. And he's an insensitive jerk and all this other kind of stuff. let let me ask you a question. Pop quiz, all right? Pop quiz, everybody. Pop quiz. I can't hear you people over there, but somebody over here yelling out. You can yell it out over there. You can play the game like on TV when you watch Jeopardy and you're yelling the answer. And you're excited because you were right. You didn't win anything. Okay. So, uh, but here's a pop quiz, and I can only hear the people here. If somebody does something that really upset us, what are you supposed to do as a Christian? What? Go to him? No, no, not go to him. I couldn't hear that. Address it? No. Forgive them. Who said that? Who said that? You get the cigar. All right. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to forgive them. Now, if they're really doing something out of line, you do have to go address them and all this kind of stuff. But when somebody does something and it hurts you, what's your first response as a Christian? Forgive them. You're supposed to forgive them. It's Christianity 101. If I don't smile at you a certain way, you have to forgive me. Yes. All right, even when I'm yelling at you now, you still have to forgive me, all right? That's the thing, if I drive by, I know people got mad at me because when I'm driving, I didn't wave at them. I promise you, when I'm driving, I'm lucky to be on the road. I'm just like, so, yeah. by the way, any of you guys ever wind up on one side of town and you have no idea how you got there? Yeah, okay, okay, so, <laughs> thank you, thank you, I'm not the only one. I don't even know what I'm doing, sometimes i just, where am I? <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here, you know, because you're thinking about something else. You're not paying attention. I hope that's what it is. Anyway, uh, <laughs> where am I right now? Uh, when things happen, you, you, you got, you, our first response should be to forgive people. In fact, you all just stood and prayed with, with your campus pastor. And you prayed the Lord's Prayer. And we said, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. By the way, the reason we use that word, it's, it's, it's old Catholic wording. that Some of you guys came from that. That's why you thought, well, we'll just use it. Everybody's familiar with it. But I, I think we need to change the word to it. You know, it means sin. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And some of you will be mad at me for changing the word eventually. You know, just, what do you do? You forgive me, okay? You got to forgive people. You just got up and said, forgive me of my sins. As I forgive people who sin against me. What does that mean? Somebody is going to sin against you. And I promise you me, if you get close to anybody, they're going to tick you off. It's the nature of life. Is anyone married out there? <laughs> they're going to tick you off. Something, they're going to say something to they're going to tick you off. Anybody have children? They will tick you off. I was just on the west side. Now the west side campus has probably the largest congregation of young couples in our church organization. I don't know for some reason all these they're just full of young, and they have all these little tiny babies. I know it's great. Have lots of babies. Outbreed the pagans, I say. So anyway, they're all, and I told them, he said, you know those those little children. You just you you're enjoying them so much, and they're so cute, and you. These your and everything, you know. But I, I'm warning you, eventually they're gonna talk, okay? <laughs> and when they start talking, they're gonna drive you crazy. And then they become teenagers, which is equivalent to being demon possessed. And then they'll really drive you crazy. What do you do? You kick them out? No, you just deal with this life. You know, we put up with it in our closest families. A lot of that's as much as you'll tolerate. You won't put up with it from your, your rest of your family. You won't put up it from your in-laws. You won't put up it from anybody else. And you certainly won't put up with it from your church. But you need to put up with it. It's called forgiveness. You need to forgive people. So, well, I don't like when people take advantage of me. I know. Nobody likes it. And I promise you here, no one's going to do it intentionally. No one's going to try and make you miserable asking you to sit over there instead of sitting over here, which I'm not going to do. But be calm. <laughs> But we need our first response if the guy didn't say something you're the right way or this or that. And at some point, our first response has to be forgiveness. We need to let things go because people will tick us off. Now, how many of you remember I was in Australia and I sent a sermon back and we were celebrating the 1.5 million, 2 million, whatever of, of pledges that we took in we're all cheering and stuff like that. And then I told you in that message, now be careful. Because I promise you, people are going to start getting mad about stuff. They're going to get mad about it. something Is going to happen. It's going to tick you off. Do you remember me saying that to you? I said, why, why would you say it, Pastor? Because I know the devil. There's no way you do anything significant for God or he doesn't attack you. And sure enough, a matter of weeks and people start getting mad about things. And some people, well, I'm not addressing them. They're gone. They're gone. They're not even hearing this. You know, it's not about them. Like, we, what am I supposed to do to them? We forgive them. We forgive peace, man. It was, you know. but it's like we people will irritate you. Something will always go wrong. You know, just this week I heard uh, that you know, as part of that campaign, we sent an update uh, to people. You know, thanking them for their pledge. You pledged X amount of dollars, and so far you've given so much. You know, that's a typical thing you do in a campaign like this. Well, I heard this week that the mail processing company whatever stuck the wrong envelopes in the wrong things and sent it to the wrong people. I mean, somebody saw your name and how much you pledged and how much you gave, and it ain't you. Now, we ask you to forgive us. (laughs) We didn't do it on purpose, okay? Why they did it, I don't know. I suppose we could call an attorney and sue them. Which a lot of people would do. Some organizations. But we're not going to do that. Why not? Because we need to forgive people. People mess up. It's inevitable. And by the way, if you've got a letter that's not for you, tear it up, throw it away. You know, again, it's just the devil. There's another anything to tick people off. Something to get people angry about things. Look, we live an, in, in an imperfect world. Someday, we'll be surrounded by perfection in heaven. And it'll be glorious. In the meanwhile, you got us. Okay? People are going to make mistakes. People are going to say things. People won't be sensitive to you. Someone will ask you to do something else instead of doing this. I like this. I don't like that. And at some point, we need to move beyond what you like or don't like. You know? There's very much a consumeristic version of Christianity out there. And it's true in the beginning of everybody. Let's face it. You're at a Celebration Church campus right now. If you've been coming more than two, three, four, five times, it's because you like the music, you like the children's program, you are impressed with the incredibly handsome pastor, all these things, and and at some point, you're there because you like what you see. And that's normal, it'll always be that way. But at some point, if you're going to grow in your faith, it has to get past that. It has to get past that. Otherwise, you just find someone else who has better music or a better preacher, which is, that's impossible. But a better something, better children. I, I have people, well, what well, we do go to church anymore. Well, well there, there's another church. That, that we, they got a better youth program than yours. And I just always shake my head and go, wow. No, do I hate them now? I forgive them like anybody. You know, it's, you, Anybody can come and go. It just, it stuns me is that at some point, We have to grow past it. Otherwise, and I told my staff this the other day, I says, we can get caught up in this. We can start competing with all the churches, make sure that we have the best of everything and the best program. Somebody else has a better program. We need to match it with a better program. And and that's just crazy. We're not going to do that. Let's do the best that we can, whatever God's given us to do. And we'll attract whoever people, there's people who like what we do. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, obviously. Uh, You know, and the people who like it. But at some point after you come, it needs to quit being about you. It needs to be quit being about what I get out of it. When you start catching yourself, you should be mortified. If you ever hear words coming out of your mouth, like, I'm not getting what I want out of the service, or I don't like the way that singer does this, or I don't like, I'm not getting fed anymore from the sermons, or whatever. You should just be ashamed. I would, be mort- I would never talk in terms like that, ever in my life. But yet people routinely do this. Why? Because we've, we've gotten so narcissistic in our culture. In a way, it's not your fault, because it's everywhere no one can tell us anything we don't trust any authorities and everybody's out to get me and i got to protect and i get it that's the world we live in but when we get into this world when we get into the church into the kingdom of god we have to change the way we think we need to learn what can i do to serve someone else a servant doesn't go around judging whether or not they like their circumstances they don't of course now they don't have a choice a true servant doesn't have a choice. A true Christian servant does it even though he has a choice. That's the beauty of it. We do it freely. And look for opportunities to serve. Now again, a lot of you, you can't, your life won't allow it, your business your job or whatever. Uh, maybe you're too new to the church or whatever, but at some point you need to find a place to serve, to do something for other people. Look for. Don't just come in listen to the music, and then check out as fast as you can before the pastor sees you, okay? At some point, if you're going to grow in your faith, you need to get involved. And as soon as you get involved, somebody's going to tick you off. Yeah. Probably Lathan. <laughs> because he's a very grumpy old man. <laughs> now he's great. Somebody, somebody, you've got to forgive him. What are you going to do? Uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be me. It'll be somebody, it'll be something Uh, But if we just have the attitude, I'm here to serve. And not this spiritual, I'm just here to serve Jesus. No, 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 no. If you're not here willing to serve and learn, is that for me? If you're not here to, phone went off. If you're not here to serve or to connect with people, that is one honking loud phone. (laughs) He's going, oh my God, my phone's going off. Okay, they finally quit. Okay. You tried to shut it off. I know. It's okay. It's okay. We love you. Is it for me? It could be for me. It could be for me. I can talk. I'd love to talk to her. Is she on the line? I'll embarrass her. That'd be hilarious. This is the pastor. She's in church. Where are you? You know, that's, that's, what, I, that's what you got to do. You got to start handing me your phones when they go off. Where are you? I'm talking to you. Anyway, so uh, we forgive her. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> I hope you get this, you know. I'm going to be beating this to death. We've got to get this into our heart, into our minds. I'm here to serve. A servant serves. A servant just does what they're asked to do. Sadly, a lot of people are in ministry strictly because it meets some ego need of their own or they love doing it. It might be with children. It might be singing. It might be something else. If that is so important to you, that if you didn't get to do it anymore, you're out of here. You know, there, there's something wrong. You know. It's not if we're going to really be a family where we're really committed to each other. And I've lived this stuff. You know, I'm not telling you something I haven't lived. A lot of us, you know, we serve God no matter what. When Pastor Latham and I first met each other, neither, neither one of us were in ministry. Apparently nobody wanted us. <laughs> We were from the land of broken toys. You know, I I don't know. No. <laughs> were we angry and bitter, bitter about it? No. He was serving wherever he could, I was serving wherever I could. I went 20 years without preaching a sermon. Nobody wanted to hear a word I had to say. Apparently, I'm inappropriate. You know, did I get all mad and bitter about it? No, I just, we just kept staying in churches and still serving God and we just, did I want it? Well, yeah. Nobody recognized it. Nobody wanted it. Okay. Let me serve wherever I can. We need to do this. When you do, and in fact, it's when you humble yourself. That's when God blesses you. You know, a handful of years ago, nobody in the world cared who I was or what I had to say about anything. Today, I'm traveling all over the world speaking into millions of people's lives on radio, television, conferences, big churches. All from a guy who nobody wanted to let him say anything for most of my life. You know, somebody asked me the other day, yesterday, when are you going to retire? Are you kidding? I'm just getting going. (laughs) I'm kind of a late bloomer, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, (laughs) hallelujah. Furthest thing from my mind, good grief, I just started. Uh, But... uh, You know, but the way up we need to learn is the way down. You serve even though everybody doesn't acknowledge your little world and you do whatever you're asked to do, whether you like to do it or not. It's an attitude of servanthood. You know, we all want God to lift us up, right? Everybody, you want God to lift you up. You know, if you want God to really lift you up, the Bible says if you will humble yourself, God will lift you up. That was true in my life. It's true a lot of the pastor's lives that serve here. We all went through times of periods in our life where we just absolutely humbled ourselves. Humbled ourselves. And did things that, you know, Lathan was humbling him. He was serving God, man, doing whatever. He was delivering newspapers. He was. And that wasn't that long ago, what was it? Ten years ago? Was it, was it? About ten years ago. Getting up early in the morning... Go deliver newspapers and stuff. There's nothing wrong with delivering newspapers. A lot of people live and that's how they make their money. But I'm just saying, you you think he always was in a position like this where everybody gets to look at him and he gets to talk in his cool accent? No. (laughs) Not that he has a choice. It's the only accent he knows. But uh, (laughs) volunteering in his church, serving in his church, not being recognized by anybody. Here's a man who would served God in Africa and missions, started Christian schools, and basically being ignored by everybody. Not angry or bitter about it, just I'm a servant. That's where I'm at. And what happens? God eventually lifts you up. You want God to lift you up in your life? So many people struggling, I know, especially you businessmen, you're working so hard trying to make ends meet and stuff and you want God to bless my business. You know what you ought to do? You ought to find the most disgusting, repulsive thing in the church that you can find and do it. I'm not kidding. I'm absolutely not kidding. I'm serious as I can possibly be. All you guys out there. praying, oh God, bless my life. Help us financially. Help us find something. the most human, The most offensive thing that you can find and sign up for it and serve. Because if you will humble yourself, God's not going to do it for you. You need to humble yourself and God will lift you up. Give and it will be given to you. Some of you are just mad because it's not given to you. You know why it's not given to you? You don't give. These are principles that are hardwired into our faith. The way up is the way down. Because when we are being a servant, we are being the most like Christ who came to serve us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for your truth. Hard words. These are difficult things, Lord. But God, we need to think in these terms. It's hard for us as Americans. We don't like to serve anybody. and We don't trust anybody. We don't like anybody to tell us what to do. But in the church, Lord, we need to learn the heart of a servant. Help us, God, to not be arrogant, not to be proud, not to demand that things go the way we want them to go. But to learn and to ask, what can I do to serve others? Because when we serve, we're being the most like you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. 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 And now you all have to forgive me. Okay. Uh